you go, Stiglitz. Tuning out Aldo Rain. These are the bastards. Ever heard of us? You just want to say we're a big fan of your work? Comes to killing Nazis? I think you show great talent. I pride myself having an eye for that kind of talent. Your state's in Nazi killers. Still amateur. We all come here to see you. Sharp. Welcome to Is It Really? And I need me two soldiers. Fall in. Zach Smith Michaels reporting. Mitch Dupree reporting. <laughs> now we're going to be doing one thing and one thing only challenging popular opinions about movies. Tonight we're watching Inglorious Bastards and asking, is this Tarantino's masterpiece? Zach? Yes, dear. Why don't you give us the synopsis for Inglorious Bastards? Oh, I'm glad to. <laughs> seen war until you've seen it through the eyes of Tarantino with history altered and all join these amazing characters as they hunt Nazis well what is your favorite Quentin Tarantino movie and for this we're going to throw it over to Facebook we had an outcry of responses for this question (laughs) I think this was a very active topic I think everyone has very passionate feelings about they're Quentin Tarantino. Well, I feel like for a lot of people, Tarantino is probably pretty formative for a lot of modern film fans. Yeah, he's like an sure. intro course, like film 101, like, yeah. oh, you know, when you start thinking about movies more seriously, every college dorm has a Rose for Our Dogs poster on it. But he's also very good. So yeah. I'm excited yeah. to talk about him. And I think that's the difference. I feel like there's certain movies or certain directors that you'll grow out of. Mm -hmm. Like you grow out of your Moulin Rouge, your Across the Universe. Some of us. us. (laughs) I'm really, really showing my hand here. But uh, your Boondock Saints, maybe we can go there. Yeah, I almost said Boondock Saints, but I was like, "Eh, that's a tight flick. I don't I wouldn't. Okay. I wouldn't chop down that. So I'm kidding. <laughs> Noah, N- Noah Heisinger says Reservoir Dogs. I know what kind of guy you are. I never would have agreed to work with you. <clears throat> are you going to bark all day, little doggy? Or are you going to bite? This was actually my first Tarantino was Reservoir Dogs. Hmm. It's actually in my Blu-ray collection, I, I think. Me too. I got one so, it's, uh, thing for you. We danced to one song and one song only. Stuck in the middle with you. You. It's so uh, good. <laughs> I think, um, I, was, I was actually thinking about this a little bit, and I think, you know, which Tarantino do you prefer? Do you prefer the kind of cheap, really stretching his dollar Tarantino, where it's going to be a lot of like, you know, the dialogue is really driving the scenes, or kind of these newer films where they also like, look incredible and stylistically they have a little more they're doing a little bit more with tone i think that that's kind of like the a little bit of the breakdown between his uh his newer and his and his older films so i think like Hmm. that's gonna play into which which of tarantino's films you prefer but yeah i mean reservoir (laughs) dogs like for that to be his first movie and for it to be as good as it is it, it debuted like a lot of his trademarks, right? Like the the yeah. stylized dialogue, the like them talking at length about nothing, right? Like that mm-hmm. was it was huge. Like it was a huge stamp. Yeah. Like hey, this is this is what I'm going to be doing. 
Um, even just like the costumes, like I feel like a lot of people mm. like next year for Halloween were like wearing the Reservoir Dogs like suits. And that's like yeah. a thing that Tarantino does in his movies. Like he does like give the central character some sort of look. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Pulp Fiction did the same thing with the suits and, you know, Kill Bill's got the yellow jumpsuit. I just think all his movies just got tighter uh, in yeah. some ways. Yeah. Like I just feel like he just yeah. gets better and better with time. So it's a good movie. It's just there's others I prefer now. Same. Sure. Well, Tyler Smith says Pulp Fiction. What does Marcellus Wallace look like? What? What country are you from? What? what? What ain't no country I ever heard of. They speak English and what? Is that... Is this, is this widely considered his best? Is this... Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, it, it's yeah. definitely That's one... That's what I thought. It's definitely the one that, like, after I saw Pulp Fiction, I started just saving up all my money, and I bought a camera and, like, editing software and started making short films with all my friends when I was, like, a senior in high school. So that movie kind of... I got bit with the filmmaking bug... A little bit. But the other cool thing about Pulp Fiction is when you're in high school and you meet someone who hasn't seen it and they ask you, oh, cool. What's it about? And then you go, well, hmm. That, Don't have a good answer that for That was him. sort of yeah. another thing. It's like the lots of storylines going on at once thing, too. You know, I feel like yeah. uh, I'm trying to think of how to say this. It's not that he broke Hollywood, but like <laughs> I feel like there were so many movies that tried to do what Pulp Fiction oh, did. And they so just, many. They're trying to reverse engineer something that couldn't be mm-hmm. rebuilt. You know, it's yeah. it's a Tarantino movie. Only Tarantino can make that movie and make it Definitely. work. Definitely. Sure. Definitely. Chris Bodges says Inglorious Bastards, but that's what we're talking about today. So I'm going to skip down to his next choice, which is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is obviously Quentin Tarantino's newest film. Uh-huh. But my hands are registered as lethal weapons. That means we get into a fight. I accidentally kill you. I go to jail. Anybody accidentally kills anybody in a fight, they go to jail. It's called manslaughter. Did. Snooze, oh, big, loved big, it. Loved big it. snooze for me. Y'all. Excellent choice. No, <laughs> it's powerful. a good movie. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. It's a good movie, mm-hmm. but it's so much about like the atmosphere of Hollywood. It's very much sure. about like watching Brad Pitt drive around downtown like that. If you're into that, you know, great. Uh, it is not. It's just not my fave cup of tea when it comes to Tarantino. Sure. Yeah, I, I own it on Blu-ray and I've only seen it once in the theater. So, you know, it is really funny, though. Like Leo yeah. is hilarious uh-huh. in that. Brad Pitt's great hilarious performances. In that. Yeah, great performances. A lot of heart. I think from someone who is not a Tarantino fan, I'm not a huge Tarantino fan. Sure. I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is up there for my favorite, if that says anything. Um, it's between Inglorious <laughs> Bastards and uh, Once Upon a Time, I think. I get that. And it has nothing to do with Brad Pitt being in both. It, I think it it just has to do with the the rewatch. I Caught me, caught me. For some reason, they seem more rewatchable to me. I don't know if that it just is my weirdness, but I don't know why. It's more tame. I, I think it's more tame. Yeah, yeah. And maybe that's what I like. I did enjoy the funny moments. Brad Pitt's hilarious in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And he is. I think that's what does it for me. Sure. So that's just a little personal snippet. You know the movie where um, we light someone on fire at the end? That's the most tame of Tarantino's movies. <laughs> <laughs> With a flamethrower. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Matt James says Django Unchained. I trust 
As a representative of the criminal justice system of the United States of America, I shan't be shot down in the street by either you or your deputies before I've had my day in court. You mean like you did our sheriff? Shot him down like a dog in the street. Yes, that's exactly what I mean. Do I have your word as a lawman not to shoot me down like a dog in the street? Django. Oh, Django. <laughs> oh, dang it. Is this, remember, is this a fan? <laughs> I remember after, so my first Tarantino was Inglorious in the theater, and then, you know, I started watching all of his other movies. So going into Django, I was like, this is probably the most, like, fun fast paced of Tarantino's movies when I when I initially saw it and like even today I feel like if you're introducing to someone to Tarantino I feel like Django is probably a pretty good like you know here's yeah. here's yeah. kind of the movie to, to to decide if you're in or not and then we'll show you Pulp Fiction I think I uh, we'll get into this but I think Inglorious Bastards is a better movie than Django Unchained totally agree but I think Django Unchained is just more rewatchable for me yes. it's more Fun is not the word, but it's it's like it's got Christoph Waltz, it's got Jamie Foxx, it's got like Leo. Leo. These are big, brash kind of performances where you know, uh, Inglorious is more. It's, they're both violent movies, but like Inglorious is just a darker movie. Where mm. Django is having more fun, I would say. Like the slave masters and Django and Jane are doofuses, right? They're yeah. portrayed as like morons. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when they're killed, there is like I I feel like that catharsis that he wants us to feel. It is a little bit more natural for me. Whereas like he muddies the water a little bit more in Inglorious, where. It's like good men, suppose it, but they're Nazis, but they're honorable sometimes. And uh, hmm. I have a family at home and hmm. I was a good soldier and I'm going to protect my men. Sometimes there are just moments where I'm like, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel. And I feel like you're you're kind right. of, you know what I mean? Muddying the waters hmm. for me as a viewer. So that's challenging for me. So I, Django is just a funner movie in some ways. Some people have said that Inglorious Bastards doesn't feel like a typical Tarantino film. Does that ring true for you? Why does this film feel different? I mean, like, first things first, the movie is in multiple different languages, and, and Tarantino's gift is dialogue. So when you don't have that in English, I think for a pretty large audience, all of a sudden, it's gonna feel different. Compared to his other movies, just that opening shot of the farm, I was like, this is a beautiful shot. Like, compared to yeah. his other movies, I was like, this movie looks a lot better and bigger and more cinematic than a lot of his other films. So I think it's more impressive in the in the filmmaking than some of his prior entries, for sure. Yeah, I think this movie, for me, and I haven't rewatched his entire filmography in a bit, but it has some of the most impressive cinematography I've, I've seen from, from him, by far. That opening scene, you could dissect, you know, ad nauseum for oh, hours. Yeah. It's, it's incredibly well shot. I think for me, this is one of my favorite Tarantino films. And it really comes down to a collection of really great scenes for me. I think of the opening scene, because there is no way you can watch this movie and not have that be like your, you know, one of your favorite scenes with, you know, the first time we see Hans Landa and the poor dairy farmer makes my skin crawl. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, but it's so, it's so great. Right. Right. With that scene though, for me is the first time 
We meet Brad Pitt's character, yeah. Aldo Reigns, and the Bastards. Well, 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 I was going to say, one of the things I like about this movie is that every time they kind of introduce a new character, uh, like watching it, I was like, oh, this is my favorite character. So at the beginning, when, yeah. when Hans Landis shows up, I was like, oh, he's my favorite character. And then when Brad Pitt shows up, oh, he's my favorite character. And then when yeah. Shoshana Dreyfus shows up, I'm like, oh, she's my favorite. So it's kind of like, and then when we get to come back to them, I'm like, ooh, good, more. Let me clarify why I say that scene is one of my favorites. It's because I I like the funny moments in Quentin Tarantino's movies. I think that scene has, even though it's like very heavy and there's some guys getting their heads caved in, I think there are plenty of good, funny beats, good, funny dialogue also. I like the bastards. I feel like one disappointment for me about this movie is we don't get enough time with them. Uh, sure. It's set up as we're going to see these dudes kill Nazis. And then that is not, I mean, the movie is named after them. Yeah. yeah. Right? And then it's this other story, which I'm not saying I would necessarily th think that would be a better movie. It just feels like a misdirect. So that sure. is disappointing in a way. I think sometimes too, I just like the, like the bear Jew scene, right? Where they're in the forest and stuff like that. Like, I feel like the movie is asking me to feel catharsis. It's like, this is great, right? We're seeing him kill a dude with a baseball bat. And I don't feel that way. It It is challenging to I. watch. Yeah, it's yeah, horrific. I agree. And, and I, I, I'm um, not saying he's not doing that thoughtfully because he clearly is portraying this, this Nazi yeah. uh, as like, he is unwilling to give up his men, right? He's making some interesting choices. So, but then like, it's very difficult for me to like cheer along people who watch this movie and they're like, yeah, love the bear Jew, man. Super cool. When he kills that guy with the bat, <laughs> I'm like, I guess, I don't know. I love that dude's performance. Eli Roth. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I think, right? and I think that's what it is. And he's you know? hysterical, but, uh, yeah, I just, it's the violence in this movie is challenging for me. Sometimes sure. I, I don't, sure. I, I don't cheer along and I don't feel a release because of it. I think one thing for me is that I don't know if he was a captain or a mate. I don't I'm a sergeant. The guy who gets his head caved in. I'm watching this scene and I'm like, oh, so he's a man of conviction. Uh, mm -hmm. They're making him seem rather loyal. Like it really they didn't make him enough of a villain for me, which probably was on purpose. But I felt like if it, he was like nasty I mean, he is a he's a Nazi in this film, yeah, so I'm not saying he has to say anything further for me to think he's evil. Right. I'm just saying what he does say are like pretty like I even remarks. I, I get what you're saying, but <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like I don't need any further like evidence. I'm just saying, if anything, like that scene made me like, oh, just it it really did make the the beating then harsh, like in my eyes. I also want to take a step back too. I feel like, and acknowledge like, first of all, like I'm not Jewish. I mean, none of us are. So, um, when I'm saying like, I'm struggling to feel this catharsis, I'm not saying like it's only people who are Jewish who could, you know, be led to feel this catharsis, but like, I don't have the lived experience of someone who's been oppressed for my religious or ethnic identity. So my experience watching the movie is going to be different, right? Obviously. Yes. I, yeah, that's, yes. that's a yeah. big, that's a big caveat that I, I just feel and, like, and we I need feel to like you speak, you speak on behalf of all of us when you say that, I, yeah. I think that's a good thing to point out right. right now. I also think too, like as much as I am challenged by the violence in the movie, there is something cool potentially like, I feel like, and again, this is not like the I'm not making a statement about Jewish people. I'm saying Jewish people in media are sometimes I feel like portrayed 
uh, <laughs> in ways that are anti-Semitic, right? And like they're yeah. like smart or they're potentially sneaky, which is even more insidious. Or mm-hmm. they get by by being like clever or funny. There are not a lot of portrayals of like Jewish people with guns, like being like Rambo, like being like yeah. diehard, like an yeah. action sure. you know figure. So I think that that potentially would be um, a cool representation um, for some yeah. people. Can I yeah. can I just say a little unrelated? I love I love the way that Pitt says uh, to the guy. He goes, "That Sergeant Donnie Donowitz, you might know him better by his nickname, <laughs> the Bear." <laughs> just how he drags it out. Yeah, he's great. I I love. He's like we got a Nazi who wants to die for country. Die for country. Oblige him. him. <laughs> yeah, oblige him. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Very like, good. And and this is this is easily like I said one of my favorite scenes. So I don't want to I don't want to get too hung up on like the violence of this scene because I do love this scene. I I'm just thinking this watch through of all of my watch throughs. It was a little like uh, like I just was taken aback at some points during this movie in a way that I wa- that I haven't been before. Usually, usually the, like violence like this is pretty hard for me to sit through. But like honestly, like a bat to the head. Like, no, it's ah. usually I would be like, "This is too much." But like, on I hate to sound so shallow, but I'm like, they are Nazis. Nazis yeah. are evil. Well, like, I think what I, you're saying is really care. on the money. I I do think the movie assumes like we're just all on board because obviously Nazis are evil, so obviously yeah. we're all on board. But I do think like it betrays the Americans uh, and the bastards as like barbarians for the good almost like they're not smarter than the nazis like hans landa and his ilk are way more intelligent than the americans and they're not more moral either right like they're not ethical like there's several Mm. scenes where uh the father comes out and they've made this deal uh in the pub scene and it's like you know we're gonna cease fire and then they just kill him right uh at the end of the movie uh when hans landa is getting uh transferred and he's getting his come up once and we want to see him be punished right yeah, we do yes but then the other guys there and they just shoot him in cold blood they're like yeah i don't care i'll, I'll get a slap on the wrist for this and it's just like it's so heartless and they're so unethical in some ways that i'm just like not sure what the moral framework of the movie is supposed to be i honestly think that the the whole intent of the movie and you can say whether you think this is good or bad to be like a Nazi beat down anthem. So it's like, yeah, we're going to make these guys just bruisers who don't think and just come in and beat everybody up in the most glorious, violent fashion for your viewing pleasure. Like, I, I really do think that the goal is to just make it like, let's beat the crap out of these Nazis. It felt very Old Testament to me. Like, yes. Retribution. Uh, Absolutely. So that's that's interesting. Pretty obvious that this film takes quite a large historical license. Mm. This has even been called an historical fantasy. Many of the events of World War II, events that are addressed in this film, were truly awful. Is it okay to tweak the past? It's an interesting qu- question. It's a loaded question. I feel like we're all like kind of pausing because it is it is a yeah. big one. I feel like there was a time, a chapter in our history where like, uh, and not that this movie came out so terribly long ago, but stories about Nazis as like irredeemably evil bad guys is kind of how we 
kept the Nazis dead in our cultural mythology. It was like, mm-hmm. we like, we have these like games like Wolfenstein and stuff where it's just like, they're obviously inhumanely evil. Like they're not even people. Um, that's how we have to think of Nazis for them to stay dead. And I, I think, I think that's an interesting thing. I think the it's challenging though, for me now where like, we can even see like, I feel like there are parts of the movie potentially that could be, and I don't want to go all fight club on this, but just like taken out of context or like put on Twitter. And uh, I don't know, just uh, I, I feel like there's a subset of viewers who could use a movie like this for, for less than awesome uh, reasons. So I don't know. It just, it gives me pause in some ways. If I could just tell a a story really quick. So this was my first Tarantino and I went to go see it with my dad in the theater. I think I was like 15 and I went in not knowing who Tarantino is, not having seen a trailer, just going in like, I'm going to see a world war two movie with dad. Yippee. And then I was kind (laughs) of watching the movie and I didn't realize that it wasn't based on a true story. So I'm watching it and I'm like, why have I not learned about any of this? So then when the ending happened, I was just like, this isn't right. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> and I was like asking my dad and he was just like, I, I didn't really know either. <laughs> he was like, but it was, it was pretty cool. <laughs> like, and I, I mean the ending, there was a scene watching this, rewatching this movie yesterday when the theater's burning down and Shoshana yells um, through the, the projector, my name is Shoshana Dreyfus, and this is the face of Jewish vengeance. That line gave me chills. And again, I'm not, mm. again, like we said earlier, I'm not Jewish, and, you know, I don't want to speak to from that level, but I don't know, knowing how everything played out, and I think also knowing that this is a fantasy, it doesn't really bother me that much, because I, you know, while I think it's cool, and that, you know, there's, there's awesome moments in it and that are very cathartic. I think that front and center, you know, this is not historical fact. So I think that makes it a little more uh, easy to, to swallow that the ending is such a departure from history. There's a part of me that feels like the ending is a little nihilistic. And it, yes. I think it's just because Shoshana Everyone doesn't does. live. I think yeah. if she lives, I like the ending and the, and the ethical framework of the movie a lot more, but because she dies and mm-hmm. Aldo and his li- his ilk live, that to me is troubling because mm-hmm. it's very much like the rugged American cowboys who ride yeah. into town, kill the bad guys, ride off into the sunset. To me, like that trivializes a little bit. Um, what could have been like a really powerful like story about like Shoshana and like the Jewish people like overthrowing their oppressors. Sure. It instead feels like here come the Americans to save the day, which is a little bit weird for me. I don't know. I hear. Yeah, that. I feel like there are a collection of scenes that I really like with this movie, but on the whole, it does have a hard time like picking gears, uh, if you will, and kind of playing his greatest hits. I think. I think you're right, Mitch. But also, that's something that I've come to expect from Tarantino. Maybe I'm off base here, but just like things not quite sitting well when the movie ends. Like, I feel like that kind of always when Mm -hmm. I watch a Tarantino film. And I don't know, like Brad Pitt getting Aldo Reigns, sorry, getting captured. um, I thought, okay, well. I liked him. He's getting captured. Of course, that's what ha- that's the that's what that's the the progression of events in Tarantino films. Your heroes they get captured. But again, it's it's Tarantino subverting tropes because I remember the first time I saw that I was like, oh, 
by Brad Pitt. And like the movie even sets it up for you to be like by Brad Pitt. Like when he's like, tell me, Aldo, if you were sitting in my chair and I were sitting in yours, would you show me mercy? And he just goes, nope. I was like, all right, he's going out like a cool guy. But then there's yeah. a scene where when you see like this guy, Hans Landa is an opportunist. Like he yes. legitimately has no allegiances here. He just wants to do what's best for him. Yeah, and like absolutely. there are no rules with with this character. So I think that once that gets subverted, you're kind of like, oh, well, I guess anything could happen. <laughs> anything can happen in this movie. And it does. Yeah. From, you know, with the next 20 minutes. I think that's a really astute observation because it's interesting to me. We're talking about like historical revisionism. I guess mm -hmm. like when I think about like, hey, we can if we're going to kill Hitler, we can do anything with we we want with it. My hope or like, you know, inclination would be like, then let's make this a story about the good guys, you know, to it, sure, like doing yeah, something sure. that feels right yeah. where it is just, it's more about like the shifting. Uh, Londa is kind of the, is the winner in some ways. Like, gosh, I know he's going to have to wear a hat for the rest of his life, but I mean, other than <laughs> sure. that, like he makes My out like a bandit, you know? Well, I think again, like for, for keeping pit alive and, you know, Mitch earlier, you were saying it feels like the, you know, the Cowboys win. And even though, you know, we lose, uh, the the two the two guys who are in the theater they both die i think the thing is is londa wins you know it there is that thing where you realize he wins he's gonna get everything and i think that's why you have to have brad pitt and ryan from the office at the end who are just like no, no you don't i really feel like though that is hans londa's downfall for me yeah is the opportunist um aspect because of how crazy good he is at his job the whole movie like you're not that good you're not going all you know the extra mile in all these situations unless you're a true believer you know like yeah you really believe in a cause so you are you know seeking out every loose end so to me being an opportunist and kind of just hopping off the ship as it's going down onto another ship that to me makes his character break down i would disagree i think I think for me, it's not that he is um, motivated by love for uh, the Nazis and their ideology. It's he is the ultimate Sherlock Holmes. He's the ultimate detective. Mm -hmm. He's a game master. This is about this the, is personal achievement. It's the thrill yes. of the yeah. chase. Absolutely. Like okay. there's, he could easily in that opening scene, which Ashana gets away, get in a car and kill her. Right. Like mm -hmm. there, there's, yeah. they have cars. So he could shoot her. He could go hunt her down. It's fun for him. It's like, oh, I'm yeah. going to get you eventually. Au revoir, Shoshana! Yeah. Yes, that's that's what motivates him. He likes being yeah. uh, the best. I really do think even like if you look at like the pastry scene when they're at like dinner, like you start to see his trajectory from someone. Because by the way, at the beginning of the movie, I would agree with you, Brandon. I feel like then he's like, I love my nickname, the Jew Hunter. Middle yeah, of the movie, yeah. he's like starting to transform into someone who isn't as aligned at the with the end, Nazis. He literally says it's just a name that stuck. And at the end he's, that's right. He's transformed. And like, I don't want this anymore. Like I, you right. know, this, well, this well, isn't he works working people out too, anymore. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, and I will, I will say it's such a, a genius. It's a genius bit of writing when, uh, he says, um, would you mind if we switch the conversation to English? Because you as the audience, you think, okay, like they're doing it so we can kind of know what's going on. And then later he says to him, based on the fact yep. that I haven't heard anybody moving, I assume they don't speak English. And I was like, this right. the script was, is so good. That was 
Yeah, it's mind games. It's fun. It's cat yeah. and mouse. Yeah. Yeah. When he, speaking of mind games, orders milk for Shoshana in the restaurant. Yeah. I mean, come on. That was the biggest like mind job in the whole movie for me. <laughs> like he totally knows. He totally knows. Yeah. <laughs> controversial films that Tarantino has delivered. Uh, first of all, do you guys agree with that? And second, does Tarantino thrive on controversy? First, I don't think, first of all, I don't think Tarantino is like a saint. I don't think he's an awesome no, dude uh, no. in his personal life, right? Let's like just get that out of the bag. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I think he's someone who intentionally eggs his audience on though. Like I, I don't, I know that he, he gives pretty inflammatory interviews, but I don't think when he yes. makes the movie, he's thinking I'm going to use this language to rile people up and I'm going to do this over the top, you know, gore to, you know, make the, the moms mad. Like, I don't think that's what it is. I think he loves movies, mm-hmm. right? And he is paying homage to the movies that he is influenced by, which are like these old gratuitously violent westerns and like samurai flicks and stuff like that (laughs) so you know and and old crime movies like which have a similar dna to them so i think he is just this is what he likes i don't i don't think his intention is like i'm gonna be controversial yeah and and again i i think this is probably this is one that i don't hear people talking about in a negative connotation that much because there's other movies you know he he, clearly he uses a lot of racial slurs in his movies that you know is very troublesome for for people please i'm not dismissing that i think that you're totally justified if you if you think that and some people who think that his movies are are too violent and stuff and i think inglorious you know it's an r-rated war movie and you know i think that it's as violent as another you know, R-rated war movie would be probably a a little bit more. But that being said, I think there's also like kind of an elegance that comes with Inglorious that isn't present in a lot of his other films, maybe once upon a time in Hollywood. But I think the elegance and the the showmanship of this movie makes it a little less controversial in some ways. Yeah, I think he just makes very bold choices as a movie maker. And I think he feels very secure in his decisions. Like he feels justified. Yes. Which is some of the problems with his later movies, because I think he's kind of hitting a point where he's a little beyond reproach. Yeah. I'm thinking like some of the topics he's addressed and some of the things he's made movies about, you know, for someone who makes bold decisions like that. Yeah. I just think it's hard to imagine a man who does not have a firm grasp on what he's doing you know mm-hmm. like i think i think i think he makes bold intentional decisions and i think he does really feel like there is justification and almost like a higher purpose to these to these movies man mm-hmm. i think you're both hitting it nail on the head i think it's just like honestly a, a powerful white man who no one will say no to honestly like yeah. that's is that is that that's it, it. I, mean, I mean that's what it is it's like there, are, feel, around there, the, there yeah. have to be people in the room who are like hey you can't use the n-word 400 times in a movie it's like but right. i'm tarantino i, I feel like I, want. I, I feel like inglorious was the last time when he was able to be reined in and i don't know if that's because he was you know working with multiple other people and you know the different languages or because this was kind of his first like i don't want to say big film because you know kill bill and other movies but i feel like his first multi you know national 
film with such a huge cast and such a huge crew of like A-listers, I feel like Inglorious was like the last time when he was, you know, able to because his movies after that, whilst I love them, they do get pretty self-indulgent for me in a lot of ways, in a way that I feel Inglorious doesn't get quite as self-indulgent. I don't know. I mean, I think the controversial elements are there in, in Inglorious too. No, I you're, mean, I'm not, I'm yeah. not disagreeing yeah. at all. Yeah. 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 I, it's definitely got, it's like, there's, there's like, I, I even like when I was taking my notes, like the first half of the, the movie is like grotesque violence, but the second half is like the, the thing that Tarantino loves where it's like, gleeful violence we're shooting into mm-hmm. the the crowds and there's like giant you know blood squibs and it's like fun right and and again like if that's your thing it's your thing um and i'm not saying again that that is a bad thing sometimes when you right. say like if that's what you like you're being dismissive. Right, i'm right. not doing that um because yes. like even like when shoshana gets shot at the end like there's Ooh. like flower petals coming from her body like like not to, mm-hmm. lots of nice little choices yeah. he makes right i just uh I just don't personally care for that, but I think he does so mm-hmm. thoughtfully. I usually don't. I'm I'm with you. I usually don't. But in this movie, I hate to keep saying it like this because they are Nazis and <laughs> it's something that in real life never happened. It's it's a very nice like what if. And again, I'm never this guy. I'm never this guy. But they're Nazis. <laughs> I don't care what happens to them. They're being defeated. Good. I I do feel like, though, the first half of the movie and the second half of the movie, we have, like Mitch said, two different types of violence. And I do feel like one part is my favorite and one part I'm not crazy about. Hmm. One part's a little like one of them is is not so great. And I'll say this really plays into my uh, this is the style of Tarantino movie I do like these ones I stay away from. I think we see that more stylized over the top violence in his movies kind of across the board. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Yes. I mean, yeah. yes. To me, yes. The more realistic stuff. And I know I was I know I spent 10 minutes on how, you know, it was gasp worthy this time. But I think some of those early scenes are the things that I really did enjoy. Like that was sure. That was when the movie was really firing on all cylinders for me. And I think it does. It does take a little bit of a turn south um, as the movie goes on. But is this is Inglorious Bastards Tarantino's masterpiece, would you say? I'm going to jump in with a hard yes. Absolutely. Uh, And I know that I've expressed like some personal challenges I have with the movie, but it really, those challenges uh, I'm speaking to are with Tarantino's filmmaking style as a whole in some ways more than like this specific film. I think in Glorious Bastards, what Zach is getting at is absolutely true. This idea of like, it's the most restrained in some ways. It really is balanced really well in some ways. Um, I I feel like you could teach this in film school for like how to write scenes with great tension. Uh, That opening scene is 17 pages long. uh, And he's able to, with like incredible cinematography, like keep it moving and it doesn't feel long and it's uh, incredibly tense. The pub scene is incredible. Um, you know, just tons of incredible uh, shots in this movie. Uh, I even feel like he is able to be an auteur and say stuff about cinema. I feel like this is a dude who like went from being a video store clerk to the guy that like video store clerks worship. And he yeah. has a lot of yeah. like capital I important opinions on cinema. Like he's one of those like purists about like real film. He hates digital, right? 
And he literally kills the Nazis with like physical film in this, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Shoshana owns. I think some of that stuff's cool. though. I I, I think some of his purest tendencies, I think some of that stuff's kind of cool. Oh my gosh. Like like, it's a pretty good movie, but the experience of seeing it in the movie theater was what makes that movie stand out to me. Cause it was like, you're seeing it in a special way. Anyways, like I, I do think that he's able to use this movie to say a lot about like cinema in general like uh, i feel like he's saying like movies always have the last word by revising history uh the only real justice you can get is in a movie hitler got the punishment he deserved in this movie that uh, a lot of people would like to see in real life that didn't quite happen or you know it creates justice through the power of like these stories that are told through cinema and i think like for tarantino it seems clear that like and i know i'm going on here but like that movies are an important storytelling medium Um, so I just feel like he has a lot of reverence for what he's doing and what he's able to accomplish through a movie like this. Well, fellas, any final thoughts on Inglorious Bastards and Quentin Tarantino? Let me get started here. I, I just want to say for a second, the opening scene for me is the uh, alpha and omega as far as scenes go in this movie. I would agree that this is Quentin Tarantino's masterpiece. And I think it really comes down to this scene. The emotional response, the, the feelings of dread that Quentin Tarantino was able to elicit inside of me from mundane, like ordinary, actions on screen and uh, dialogue. Nothing explicitly sinister happens in that scene, except for, you know, the ending when he shoots through the floorboards. I think just like the drinking of milk, I think about that specifically, is one of the, like that makes my skin crawl. The the filling of his fountain pen, uh, the, the large, pipe that he pulls out of his coat. I mean, my gosh, the things that he's able to pull out of his coat. I mean, just a a whole, he travels. That's taking your work home with you. I mean, goodness gracious. I think though, it really comes down to my emotional response to that opening scene. And that's why I feel like this movie is great. I'm totally with you. Um... Here's what I, I told the fellas off mic. And it's funny because, Zach, you're like, I took tons of notes. I took very few notes this time. And it's apparent because I rambled a bunch this time. Um, <laughs> but it, it was because I had a similar experience to you. I was really in awe of how good this movie was. I, I went in with a little bit, none of a, sa- a sour attitude, but I went in like ready to be a little bit dismissive, I think, if I'm being honest with myself. Because yeah. there is a part of me that has a negative association of quarantine of quentin tarantino movies as being like juvenile a little bit sophomoric like this is the director um for like a type of bro that i am not uh which is super um not cool of me and <laughs> dismissive and i apologize for that you know weird thinking in my head I had a, someone come over to my house once and point looked at the Vonnegut books on my shelf. And I said, oh, it's kind of the person you get into when you're 18 years old, huh? And, uh, and it hurt my feelings. Like, I was like, oh, that's really wow. dismissive, right? That's like, yeah, like. Not cool. And, and yeah, never that come is over when sick. I got into them. But <laughs> it doesn't mean those aren't good books. And that's kind of how I feel about Tarantino. You may get into him at a young age. He may be an on-ramp for, you know, bigger and better things. But the movies he makes are still 
Um, they're very, very good movies. Uh, and I really think, like, even his movies that don't work quite as well, they're still incredibly uh, stylistic. They're, uh, they're definitely stamped with a big Tarantino uh, stamp on them. They're, no one else could do what he does. Um, so, yeah, is he always my cup of tea? No. But uh, I think he's one of the most gifted directors uh, alive today, and I'm excited to see his final movie. So uh, this movie was um, fantastic, and it was you know just nice to watch it again. Yeah, I think one thing that Tarantino doesn't do super well is subtlety, because he loves dialogue. He loves when his characters talk. He loves for everyone to say everything. And in this movie, there were so many moments where just a look, just a look, said so much. The way that Hans Lana really extends his hand at the beginning to shake the guy's hand because the guy doesn't want to shake his hand. No one says that. You see it. And that's something you don't get in all of his movies. He, Hans Lana put sugar in his espresso. That reaffirms that he's a monster. You know? <laughs> um, the, like, just the way that, like, um, when uh, when those people are getting Zoller's autograph and he looks at Shoshana as though to say, like, this could be us, but you playing. And she looks right back at him like, you you are a Nazi and I hate you. So much that is said without characters saying everything. And man, I love it. Cause you do get the Tarantino dialogue in this movie and you do get the great shots. And there's also more subtext than in any of his other movies. This feels like the realest of all of his films. And you know, by the way, like we've been saying, a filmmaker who is very, very good, who changed the game for cinema in, in a lot of ways. And I really do think that this is his best work. I think this is the best that we're ever going to see from him. I could go on for five hours talking about this movie. It's one of my all-time favorites. And of course, I think this just might be his masterpiece. Margarete. You should have done Aldo Reigns, not my weak Texas. Tennessee, sorry. Tennessee. No, you were you were perfect. Well, that's gonna do it for our episode on Inglorious Bastards. Thank you for joining us. We would love to hear your opinion on our episode or any other movie-related topic. So if you haven't already, hop on over to our Facebook page and join the conversation. We can be found at Real Boys Podcasts. We've also been trying to run some of our episode questions past you guys to see what you have to say. All of that, plus a deeper dive into our episode topics, happens in our private Facebook group, The Real Lounge. If that sounds like something you'd like to be a part of, ask us about it. We'd love to have you. And don't forget, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have a little spare time and you like what you hear, we would love it if you would take a minute to rate and review our podcast. We appreciate your support. We'll be back in two weeks with our episode on, you guessed it, The Terminator. Maybe you didn't guess it because that Arnold impression was terrible. Either way, we'll see you then.